River Rock has been a leader of the cannabis community since 2009. What stood out to me mostly was definitely the quality of their product and the knowledge of their product. The way that they treat each individual person always with respect and they try to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That was Michelle. She's been a medical patient at River Rock for seven years now. Like she mentioned, the employees at River Rock always have their recreational and medical customers in mind, especially with pricing and two convenient locations both open until 10 p.m. River Rock's quality with their prices is pretty much unmatched. River Rock caters to their medical customers by providing exclusive benefits when they become a member, including $100 in-store credit, 25% off all full-priced items, and so much more. The sign-over benefits have been great for me personally, especially since I live on a limited budget. The sign-over benefits have helped me to get medication that I normally wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Find out more about the sign-over benefits and why people like Michelle have stayed with River Rock for this long at riverrockcolorado.com. Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. Elixinol is endorsed by Jake Plummer, and he and his family love to enjoy the endless benefits of CBD. And if he likes it, then you should too. Uh, it's a non-THC product, and 5% of your purchase goes to a nonprofit of your choice. Visit Elixinol.com to get yours today. Well, Zach, it's day two of Flacco season here in Denver. Uh, I posted a column there on bsndenver.com yesterday in terms of my thoughts of, of how this move would make sense for the Broncos. Uh, Andre put a film room up on Joe Flacco and kind of what you can expect from him. I thought it was a very uh, interesting film room. I think depending on what your perspective is going in, it will greatly change your perspective going out in the sense of if you think Joe Flacco sucks and is terrible and, and can't contribute anything to the Broncos, you can read that and come out and say, look, here are the reasons that Joe Flacco sucks and is terrible and can't be great for the Broncos. If you think that he's a solid veteran quarterback who improved the position for the Broncos, I think you can come out of that and say, here, I'm going to point to this, this, and this in the film room uh, that <clears throat> are reasons why Joe Flacco is you know, a, a, an upgrade for the Broncos. And that right there shows you that it's, you know, it's – a nuanced thing. It's not that he sucks. It's not that he's great. It's somewhere in between. And isn't that how it should be, Ryan? And we're going to shoot it straight with you guys. We could point just to that 2014 season and say 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But then we've seen what's happened the last four years with him. And you could just look at 2013, the year right before Gary Kubiak joined the Falcons. Or, yeah, the the Ravens. Yeah, not the Falcons. The Ravens. And he had his worst season, 19 touchdowns, 
and 22 interceptions. He totally flipped that around in one year. So, so again, you could use that same rationale. Well, last year he was four and five, and he only and and he was beat out. I guess overtaken by a rookie, and they never looked back. They went on to go six and one and make a playoff run. Well, you can say he's going to flip it around just like he did with Gary Kubiak because he's in Gary Kubiak's system. You can also point, if you want to look at the positives, every season that Joe Flacco has started every game, they have not had a losing season. Well, where are the Broncos right now? Two straight losing seasons. The first time in four decades that that's happened. So he's at least, at least historically, would history would say that he's at least going to bring you back to being respectable. And you know what? John Elway's not used to that. Broncos fans aren't used to that. But that's kind of the realistic step right now. Isn't Super Bowls. It's let's compete for the playoffs. And to do that, you need to be over 500. Yeah, most certainly. And and that's kind of the first step for the Broncos. It's eventually, there. I, I think, eventually there is going to be one of those seasons that you don't want where they go 8-8. Eight eight. Um there might it might maybe they skip a couple steps and they go nine and seven or ten and six, but eventually, to get from bad to good, you're gonna have to hit average in the middle, and and so unfortunately they're probably gonna hit that mark at some point. But I think it's important for the mindset of this team um, to get out of that loser's mindset. They, you have to start somewhere, and I think Joe Flacco can help them get back to you know being an an average team as as frustrating as that may be to aim for average it's it is the first step in going from bad to good oh that hashtag aim for average that's like the worst thing in the world but you're right Ryan and and I want to get into what it means if the Broncos are average this season but first what what do we expect from Joe Flacco what is he going to be because we say at least a slight upgrade I'm gonna butt first your butt first oh okay <laughs> <clears throat> but first if you want to go into bsendeavor.com you want to read my column on the situation you want to read Andre's film room Zach has a story coming today um, we are covering all angles as we always do go in select the annual pass use promo code Broncos and you're gonna get a full year subscription which will get you all the Flacco coverage all the you know, young quarterback potentially coverage, everything that's going to happen during the season, during training camp where we really shine. Uh, it's it's wall to wall here at BSN. So use that promo code Broncos twenty nine ninety nine for the year. And when Zach and I churn more subscriptions than our colleagues at BSN Denver, then we all of you who use that subscription and, and subscribe under that promo code are going to get a free BSN Denver t-shirt from bsndenverlocker.com. Uh, pretty awesome. If you haven't been to bsndenverlocker.com, go check it out. We actually just launched our line of hoodies, which you won't be able to get on this deal because uh, they're, they are a bit more valuable. <laughs> but you can go check it out and, and see if you want to get a BSN Denver hoodie as well. Um, we've got the Philip Lindsay one on there, Nathan McKinnon. So make sure you go check that out. But definitely make sure you subscribe with the promo code Broncos so we can get this win. Things are tightening up in the race. Um, the, the Avs are on a tear, which is very opposite of the team on the ice. But the Avs are on a tear in, in the sweepstakes. So let's not let them get in this. Uh, if you've been thinking about it, now is, is the best time 
I know tomorrow is Friday. That's payday. Maybe that's when you want to come in. So uh, appreciate you guys for subscribing and, and everyone who's helping us win this competition. I mean, come on. The Avs team is trending down. How, how can they be gaining ground on us? The, the Flacco news should be, should be positive news for the Broncos. We should be taken off with this, guys. <clears throat> it should at least create, uh, you know, um, interest. If, any, if nothing else, the Broncos always find a way to create interest, and I think that's where this falls. All right, I'll let you get back to what you were talking about. What can we expect from Flacco? Realistically, slight upgrade from Case Keenum, but, but what does that mean? Numbers, uh, record this year, what he brings to the locker room. What, what do we realistically, realistically expect from Joe Flacco in 2019? Well, here's what we know about Joe Flacco. He pretty much always has a solid touchdown to interception ratio and as recently as last year uh with the Ravens he was at two to one which was going to be on pace for one of his best uh seasons in touchdown to interception of his career so we can expect a positive ratio um usually about 1.5 to one is where he's at so think you know uh you know 20 touchdowns 12 interceptions 24 touchdowns 14 interceptions something in along that lines which He's not amazing, not going to blow you away, not going to carry your team, but keeps you out of trouble, right? And the Broncos have been trying to figure out this formula for average quarterback play, great defense for three years now. The problem is they never once, actually they did once get the average quarterback play. They went nine and seven and missed the playoffs by a game. They haven't been able to figure out the formula. And by the way, that season, the defense was not great. They couldn't stop the run to save their lives. So if Joe Flacco is the Joe Flacco that I'm talking about right here, the 22 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, Joe Flacco, that helps the formula. If Vic Fangio comes in and installs the defense that we think he can, that can work. So that's where I start here, what you expect from him. Smart decision-making. He's not a guy who just chucks it up. Earlier uh, here on the on the TV, they were showing some very negative highlights of Case Keenum last year. Remember yesterday when I said I never want to watch Case Keenum <laughs> yep. play quarterback again? Yep. Well, I had to do it on the on the highlights here. And man, so many times the pressure was coming, and he kind of just sidearm chucked it up, turned his head away from the pressure, uh, and obviously threw interceptions. Trevor Simeon also really got bad at that towards the end of his tenure in Denver so I think he's, he's a guy who makes smart decisions with the football and can can be the right quarterback for that formula what whether you agree with that formula personally I don't but that seems what the Broncos are trying to recreate here and I think Joe Flacco fits that as well as anyone they've had since the Super Bowl yeah yeah he he does fit that and Ryan you're, you're right on Joe Flacco averages 19.3 touchdowns and 12.4 interceptions throughout his career. So I'll go just there. I'll go 20 and 12 is what we're going to see from him. Is it flashy? No. Is it sexy? No. Is it extremely underwhelming? Absolutely. It's extremely underwhelming. When you you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's throwing two and a half times that amount of touchdowns. In Broncos country, you remember just what, six years ago when Peyton was throwing over two and a half times that number of touchdowns. But look, let's look around the league and what that means. The great Tom Brady, he had 29 touchdowns to 11 interceptions last year. Super Bowl champion. Uh, They get a first round by 11 and five. Yeah, 
not we're not talking 29-11, but it's not like Tom Brady was 50 and 5 last year. Joe Flacco's not too far off from that. Here's some other quarterbacks. Cam Newton last year, 24 and 13. Now of course he went 6 and 8. Very underwhelming. So this touchdown to interception ratio could lead you to a losing record. But on the flip side, Mitchell Trubisky, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, very similar. They go 11, he goes 11 and 3 when he's a starter. They're obviously a playoff team. On the flip side, Eli Manning, 21 and 11. Uh, they're 5 and 11. Matthew Stafford, 21 and 11, 6 and 10. Andy Dalton, 21 and 11, 4 and 6 as a starter. So what this means is what are you going to do around Joe Flacco? Because Joe Flacco, it, clearly he's proven he can take a team to the playoffs as he's done many years, and he can win a Super Bowl as he did one year. But also he he's had some down years where the Ravens missed the playoffs. This move really says, okay, what else? What else are you going to do for the future, but also for this year? Welcome to the life of having a non-franchise quarterback. It comes down to... 100% comes down to what are you putting around them? What kind of defense do you have on the other side of the field? What type of running game do you have next to him? What type of receivers do you have for him in terms of playmakers once you get them the ball? That's one of the most disappointing things for me about what the Ravens did for Joe Flacco. Who is the best receiver that he's ever thrown to? Anquan Bolden? Yeah, absolutely. Who's a great receiver, but he did great things with Joe Flacco. They're always, they were always putting weapons around him that were underwhelming, in my opinion. I mean, this year, what was it? Michael Crabtree and John Brown? Yeah. What do you, like, how are you, how are you expecting to have success with a guy like Joe Flacco when the best thing you can put around him is Michael Crabtree and John Brown? Yeah, and what they've done, what the Ravens have done to play to Joe Flacco's strengths is they've got him functional tight ends at times and deep threats. At times. Exactly. This year it was the they had the the rookie out of Oklahoma, Mark Andrews, right? And he had a decent season and deep threats. But we're not talking about Antonio Brown, even Emmanuel Sanders deep threats. It's just insert guy who runs really fast and can yeah. catch over the shoulder passes down the field. It's uh what do we what what do you call him? Just nine guys? 79ers. Yep. <laughs> that's all that's what they're giving him. So Yes, Joe Flacco is a is a flawed quarterback in a lot of different ways. He doesn't move as well as you'd like to see, although he moves a little better uh, than I think people give him credit for. Um, but he, he's the pilot. We've talked about this for three years now. Are you the pilot or the plane? When you have a franchise quarterback, that guy is the plane. Patrick Mahomes is not only the plane, he's a private jet <laughs> that's the size of a 777. Uh that but, has anything you want on board. Right, exactly. With a fully stocked bar <laughs> and a and a five star restaurant on board. That's what that's the dream. But the Broncos haven't have haven't even been able to get a pilot the last couple of years. I think Joe Flacco can be the pilot. Now it's up to you to to build around him. And I think the perfect example that you mentioned there in terms of touchdown to interception was Mitch Trubisky. What was it? Twenty four to eleven? Yep. That's got to be the goal, to get something along those lines. That's um, a little better than two to one, and it was a guy who is not going to make so many plays for you off the script and blow you away. He is not. He is not the plane. 
they used a number two overall pick on him, but he's not the plane there. He is the pilot, and he commanded Matt Nagy's offense very well, and he set up Vic Fangio's defense, which was wh- which is why they had success. Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. He did a great job. The reason the Bears were so good is because of Vic Fangio's defense, and they had an offense that kept that at the very least put that defense in a good position to succeed on a game in game out basis. That's the goal for Joe Flacco this year. If he is the 16 game starter is little over two to one touchdown and interception convert third downs, which he actually does at a very good clip and flip the field. And I know how boring that sounds and it doesn't sound sustainable even to me. In, an, in a uh, division which has Patrick Mahomes, and now that Kyler Murray's off the board for the Broncos in, in most yes. senses, yes. Um, you really have to worry about the fact that Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes might be in your division. You absolutely do. And how much, let's say Kyler Murray's not in the division, does this move help the Broncos compete with the Chargers and the Chiefs? The Chargers, yes. To, for the division? Well, I don't think the Chargers are, especially next year, going to be in the hunt for the division. So it does it help you compete with the Chiefs? I don't think so. Not unless there is a significant step back from Patrick Mahomes in that offense and, and you know the defense continues to suck, which they're in a Super Bowl window now, in their opinions. All they're going to do is try to get better. And they don't lose anyone, which is a really scary proposition for Broncos fans. So in the end... No, it does not help them compete with the Chiefs. It it does not. Does it help them compete with the Patriots? Assuming Tom Brady doesn't have his drop off. Um, no. Does it? And does it help them compete with just about every other team in the AFC? I would say yes. You think so? You think they could be the third best team in the AFC this no, year? No, no, okay. that's not what I'm saying. Okay. But I'm saying when it comes to the rest of the of the AFC and the quarterbacks and teams that are out there. I think that this move helps. That doesn't mean that it made them better than any of these teams. It means it put them into the pack where on any given Sunday, I think you can beat a lot of the teams in the AFC. I think it helps because, like we said yesterday, he he's an improvement. So it does help just uh, quickly throwing numbers out. I think the Chiefs are 12-4. and four. I think the Chargers are 10-6. and six, And I think the Broncos are 8-8. Eight and eight. And so I don't think that the Broncos are catching the Chargers because of this move, because of this move. And would you kind of agree with that? Yes. Again, it's going to be one of those things where the Broncos are going to have to make a few moves here between now and the start of the season. That would make you say they are on par or close to on par with the Chargers if they get some breaks and do this and the defense creates turnovers and this and that, they can be a team who competes for a wild card position. Then what are we doing, Ryan? What what are we doing? If the goal here is to win championships, and I, I agree with this move, I like this move because it costs you a fourth round pick, which is nothing. It costs you $18.5 million, which is nothing. But looking toward the future, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be hosting a Lombardi trophy here. I don't think he's that guy. We just read through it. You have to have a great team around him. And the Broncos, they're an offensive line away. Who knows? Maybe these young receivers don't develop. I like what you have in the running backs, the tight ends. Biggest question mark. Who's to say that any of that 
is going to happen. On the defensive side of the ball, great pieces with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris. How much longer do, do, does Vaughn and Chris have? Well, they're in the Flacco window. But what else? You're missing two cornerbacks right now. You're probably missing one safety. Inside linebackers are an issue. And on the defensive line, you don't know what you, you don't know if Derek Wolf is even going to be back. So so many questions here. And it brings me back to the number 10 overall pick, Ryan, and, and talking about the future. To me, in this last 24 hours. Hold it, on, I just want to jump in because you you asked a, a question that you that was kind of rhetorical. Okay, what was but you that? said what are we doing here? Okay, the difference here is that the Broncos don't see things the way that you and I see them, which is if you aren't competing for the Super Bowl, you might as well go zero and sixteen. And I firmly stand in that camp. But I also see the view of an organization who has just seen their team win 11 games over two seasons and has a very feisty uh, fan base right now. Now, the Broncos don't have to worry about selling out the stadium or anything like that, but they do want to make their fans happy. Uh, and improvement helps that. Whether you like it or not, on any given Sunday, Broncos fans want the team to win regardless of their record. This makes them better. It does. It make the, the Broncos just got better for the cost of a fourth round pick. And I think for that, that's what they're doing. They're just trying to improve the team step by step. Joe Flacco is not the answer. He's probably not going to lead you to a Super Bowl championship, but he did just make your team better and he gave you a chance to win more games on Sundays, which in the end is the eventual goal is to win as many possible games on Sunday as you can. You have to get there one step at a time unless you're able to pick up a Peyton Manning who guarantees you're going to win 12 games every year. This was just a step. So if they won six and Joe Flacco you know, gave added two wins to their spectrum, okay, well now they're saying if we can figure out a way to get enough pieces here, whether it's through the draft or through free agency, that all of a sudden we feel like we're, we're, we can win 10 games. Well, now we're in the mix. And I don't disagree. I mean, I like this move because it helps you compete now and it, and it gives the fan base something to kind of rally around and makes you competitive. They sure aren't rallying from what I can see, but uh, I know what you're saying. That's true. But, Ryan, uh, are the Broncos a good rookie corner away from competing? Nope. Are they a good defensive lineman away from competing? A uh, rookie. Just we're just lineman. talking one one piece. One piece. One piece. Because that's all no, you get at number ten. They're not one piece away. They're not one piece away, in so, anywhere but the quarterback. So what? What? What are they doing? Why is there even talk about who should be drafted? Why are people saying quarterback is off the board at ten? I think that is absolutely crazy. It is crazy to say for so many reasons. Because look, if you add a corner there at ten, is that a win now move? I mean, it's more of a win-right-now move than a quarterback. But a rookie cornerback, Denzel Ward had a great year last year. Baker Mayfield was what gave them the wins. And just just look, when Denzel Ward was playing, he had two interceptions week one. They lost. He had, until Baker Mayfield played, the Browns had zero wins. Denzel Ward, number five overall pick, probably better than what the Broncos can get at cornerback at number 10. Not helping there. Bradley Chubb, we, we saw how good... Uh, or, or how much an impact a great defensive line, specifically pass rusher, which is more valuable than just an interior defensive lineman, how much of an impact he can be? Not much. 
if the quarterback's not good. Now, Joe Flacco is an improvement, so uh, certainly an improvement on the record this year. But Ryan, it, people just say, nope, they're, they're not going to do that. John Elway can't do that because it's not a win-now move. Baker Mayfield's a perfect example. The Browns were doing nothing. He comes on as a rookie, instantly adds, what, six, seven wins to that team? Now, I understand drafting a quarterback this year may not be to add wins on to this year, but you're really not adding wins on with any other player. And to me, you said something that was very important. This move is to be average this year, or maybe 9-7, and seven, or heck, 10-6. and six. Ryan, you're never going to be closer to a top 10 pick than this year with Joe Flacco. History would say that. So if you don't draft a quarterback this year, you're you're hosed. Because let's say you end up at 9-7 and seven and you're drafting 18th overall, then we are talking about trading three first-round picks in order to move up to get your guy. And hey, it would be worth it. But if you trade one first-round pick now to do that, or, or two, or you just sit at 10 and your guy falls to you because now you're not desperate because you have Joe Flacco, come on. Don't pass up on that opportunity just to do the win-now card because really, it's not the win-now card. I'm pretty sick of writing the column, done it each of the last two years, that the Broncos trying to win now is hurting them more than anything. Mm. And if they draft a corner at number 10 and Joe Flacco has a down season uh, as he turns, you know, 34 and the Broncos go seven and nine, I'm going to have to do it again. (laughs) I don't want to have to do that again. Because the, uh, you just would think that John Elway would learn the lesson by now, right? That you can't try to win now every single year if you don't have the pieces. I get why he's such a competitor and why winning now is so important to him. But eventually, you're going to have to draft a quarterback. It's this If they don't draft a quarterback this year, I'm, I'm almost going to feel like John Elway is scared of drafting quarterbacks. Certainly. And you just... You cannot operate like this. The only way the Broncos are going to win a Super Bowl is by hitting on a rookie quarterback. Hmm. The fact you, I shouldn't say the only way, but you cannot count on patching quarterback over and over and over again until it finally works. Because all this, if Joe Flacco is your plan, as we talked about a lot yesterday, okay, you have a three-year window. How in the world, in this three-year window, are you going to get better than the Chiefs? That's that's it. That's the main question because you, I just I just don't think John Elway is thinking. All right, our goal is just to get the wild card and then get hot in the playoffs. That is, I mean, I know it worked for Joe Flacco once. That cannot be your strategy. Your strategy has to be: we want to go fourteen and two get the number one overall seed, host all of our games at home, yeah. and then go to the, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. This, this leaves you a long leap away from that. Now, like you said, if you go and get here, – here was my point, was let's say you go corner at 10 just because that's what we've been talking about a lot. And then you add a serious defensive lineman in free agency. or you also add, And then you also add Bryce Callahan. Now you've got three corners. Um you get Adrian Amos, and now you feel better at safety. And you bring in Antonio Brown. And 
you do all of these different moves. And you don't have a salary cap on those moves. Hey, I mean, <laughs> you got to cut, you know, Darian Stewart and Brandon Marshall and all those guys. You you could get pretty close to all the moves that I just mentioned. By, I mean, you could open up upwards of $70 million in cap space by moving on for, from some guys. Um, I guess not anymore because you now have 18 on for Joe Flacco. But let's say you make four of those moves, or three out of the four, or whatever it is. Now I feel like you're closer. Now I feel like you're there. But you are not, you're still not in the conversation as a dominant AFC team. You are a contender for the playoffs. And then what'd you do? You just set yourself back. You, you hurt yourself for the future while trying to be competitive now. And here's the thing, and, and what I really hope John realizes is Joe Flacco makes you more competitive this year, whatever that means. Seven and nine, 11 and five. I could see him going 11 and five with Joe Flacco. I absolutely can. He's proven that he can be that quarterback. So it helps you win now. This was a win now move. It's good. Certainly brought up your floor. Yes. If you draft a rookie quarterback this year and he's playing in year two, there's plenty of examples where rookie quarter or I guess second year quarterbacks that were first round picks flourish and make the playoffs. Don't have to look any further than Patrick Mahomes for everyone that wants to say, well, he has to play a year. No, he doesn't. Patrick Mahomes didn't and he takes off. Now, I'm not saying you, you don't even need 50 touchdowns from that guy. If he comes out and gives you 25 and 10, well, you're probably a playoff team again if Joe Flacco made you a playoff team. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky did that his second year. Carson Wentz did that his second year. So there's so many examples where now's the time to do it because you're competitive this year with Joe Flacco. You're competitive next year. And then let's say you're not in a Super Bowl window next year. Now in year three, in, in year three with that young guy, you're in a Super Bowl window. So Ryan, it sets up to be perfect for John Elway to have his win now and also win for the future, I just think you take a massive, massive, massive step back if you don't draft a quarterback in the first round this year. There's one way that I'm okay with it, and it does not involve drafting a corner at 10. It involves trading back. Hmm. Let's say that Kyler Murray's on the board. You don't want him. God, that would break my heart. And you better better be ready for your heart to be broken if he's there. Well, he's not going to be on the board. Yeah. Um, and you don't want him, but the Dolphins want him. And who's the other team who needs quarterback? Redskins at 15. And the Redskins want him. Create a little bidding war between those two teams and get yourself a first-round pick out of it. If you can do that, then I say, okay, I see what they're doing here. Now they have two first-round picks in 2020. And they can go into 2020 just the way the same the same way the Bills did um, last year, and package those two picks together. So let's say it's 18 because you went nine and seven, and let's say the, the Dolphins struggle a little bit with Kyler Murray and or you whoa know, whoa struggle with Kyler I know, Murray. I, I didn't think those would come out of your mouth. They won't. <laughs> um, or let's say Kyler Murray. Can't play for whatever reason. I'm not even going to say <laughs> that word about him. Um, and they have a top 10 pick. So now you've got 18 and 9. You can certainly package 18 and 9 together to get into the top 5. Um, and now I see what you're doing. Now you have a plan. Now you get your Jake Fromm or your Justin Herbert or maybe you can get Tua somehow. Now, Okay, now I get it. Or you take 18 and 9, you trade back at 9, you pack, you know, and for another team that wants a quarterback, and now you get another one in 2021, 
and then you trade back at 18 and you package mm-hmm. you know and now you've got now you control you know how everyone talks about how the raiders control the draft this year yep well now you control the draft in 2021 and again i'm like oh here we go all right they're trying to get trevor lawrence show me you have a plan if right. your plan is just get joe flacco he makes us better get greedy williams he makes us better now I'm really worried because I'm like, okay, so how long are you guys planning on being in quarterback purgatory here before addressing this position? And that's it. That's all we need to see is a plan. Trading back is a plan uh, because because it gives you the opportunity to correct the quarterback situation moving forward. Drafting a quarterback is clearly a plan. And Ryan, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the quarterback sitting his entire rookie season. It worked with Patrick Mahomes. That used to be how quarterbacks did it. Then it got to be... I don't know if it's the millennial area era or the Twitter era where people just felt like they had to play their quarterbacks. Forget about Paxton Lynch and him not playing. That's not why he didn't succeed, Ryan. The what? The day Paxton Lynch arrived at the headquarters after they drafted him, so the day after the first round of that draft, they knew he wasn't the truth. From what I heard from people, the second that Paxton Lynch found out he wasn't going to be the starter, he essentially said, it's party time. I'm not going to play this year. I don't need, you know, I, I can essentially take this year off. I've been working really hard to get ready for this. And, I, I, you know, I've been, I've been playing football my whole life. I can t- kind of use this as a year off, a little bit of a sabbatical. That's your scouting. That, that's a scouting issue. That's not a development issue. That, that's, not, um, that's not because he, he sat a year. That's, that's on him. I'm convinced if you were to draft Drew Locke at number 10 and he comes in this year, he will mimic every step that Joe Flacco takes, trying to learn what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. And he's not going to bring his buddies to come move in with him in Denver and you know go out uh, on the weeknights. No, he's going to be in there at 5 a.m. with Joe Flacco, and he's going to be out of there at 10 p.m. with Joe Flacco or whatever you know schedule they're on. That's what you need. Otherwise, it is a complete waste to not play them. The whole point of not playing them is, is helping them get the mental learning curve out of the way so then when the physical learning curve on the field comes, it's only one thing. It's not drinking from a fire hose. It's drinking from a very strong garden hose. Yep, yep, I love it. I love it, that, and I completely agree, and that's what should happen. All right, Ryan, I want to do a little thing throughout this offseason. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what to call it. Maybe we'll call it a t- Taster Thursday or something. Get, get, I want to get a sense of of what you're thinking, and we'll see how that evolves because I'm sure, heck, my thoughts have changed a lot in the past 24 hours, a lot in the past 72 hours with the Kyler Murray news coming out on Monday. So I want to see how this evolves with a few different topics. Ryan, who will be the Broncos' starting quarterback in week one? So real quick, I guess the the point of this is to see really how ever-changing the offseason is. Yep. And we can look back on draft on – you know, the day leading up to the draft, I guess the, what the draft starts on a Thursday. On that Wednesday, we can say, okay, who did we think they were going to pick back on what the heck is the day? Oh, yeah, back on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, who did we think they were going to pick on Valentine's Day, and how different is that from who we think they're going to pick today? Exactly. Or how similar is it? How, you know, right. Um, both things are interesting. So, who is the Broncos starter week one? Joe Flacco, no doubt about it. Yes, no doubt about that. This would be a lot different just one day ago, like I said. We'll see what that answer is after, maybe the day after the draft, see if it's the same. What will Denver's quarterback room look like? 
It's going to be Joe Flacco, a rookie of some sort, and a you know I guess going into the season that's all it's going to be. But um, you know during the the off season there'll be some sort of arm there, and, and that's fine. We only need to do starter and backup. What what rookie? Give me a name. Drew Locke. I'm going Drew Locke as well. That better well be. I can't go on that rant and not say Drew Locke right now. Well, and again, I wrote this in my article yesterday. Another thing that's opened up that we haven't talked much about is the mid-round quarterback. I think I would not crush them if they trade back in the first round, stock another first-round pick, and then also in the third round you draft Brett Rippon and you say, hey, let's get a look at this guy. Let's put him a year behind Flacco, see what, see what he does. Then going into next year you feel like, okay, well – He's not the guy. He's not a, fa- a future franchise quarterback. So let's draft another one. Maybe Brett Rippon just becomes your long-term backup. That's fine. But it also brings that into play. So I, I don't think that's out of the question. But if, if it was going to be a first-round pick, I sure feel like it would be Drew Locke. And I'm going Drew Locke as well. If you trade back, I'm okay with a, a, a later-round quarterback. If you don't, that's, that's hogwash. It's terrible. I, I hate the idea. All right, Ryan, how many games will Joe Flacco start? We got like an over under here. Mm, I need a number. All right. Uh, well, mm, it's a tough one. I want to say like a. I just there's so many variables that could come into play here that yep. you just could never predict. It could be bench. It could be injury. Right. But for the sake of of the point that I'm trying to make here, I'm going to say sixteen. Sixteen. I want to go that route, but there's one thing I don't trust, and I don't trust the Broncos' offensive line right now with Joe Flacco not being a mobile guy and not having those pieces around him. I'll say 12, just just to be different. It should be 16. I got a kick out of a report yesterday. I don't know why I just thought of this, but you were talking about offensive line, then I started thinking about Mike Munchak, and I got a kick out of a report yesterday that said Vic Fangio led the charge to go get Joe Flacco. In the Broncos facility. Mm, yeah. Do you believe that one, Zach? No, absolutely not. It said Vic Fangio led the charge and Rich Scangarello was second in command. Mm. I was like, where exactly was John Elway in this uh, <laughs> equation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they went up to his office, pounded on the door and were like, Joe Flacco or we leave. That's probably not how it works, right? Here's what I think happened. They all, John Elway, I, I truly believe he sat down with them and said, hey, called on Nick Foles. There's a lot going on there. Basically, what's going on is the, the Eagles are thinking of franchise tagging him, then trading him to a team that's going to uh, want to negotiate a long-term deal with him. A long-term deal with him is probably going to look at at least you know $25 million a season. I don't really think it makes a lot of sense. It's also, it seems like they're a long ways down the road from being able to make any deals with Nick Foles. So here's what I also did. I I reached out to uh, the Ravens. They're willing to give up Joe Flacco for a fourth round pick. What do you guys think of that idea? I personally like it. And Vic Fangio said, hey, I worked with him in Baltimore. I think he's a consummate pro. I think he could work really well. He protects the ball. He makes smart decisions. Rich, what do you think? Rich says, well, I mean, I, I remember that season where he worked under Kubiak's offense um, in Baltimore. 
I think he could really succeed in my offense. Obviously, I want to go down the field. Um, I think he works well on bootlegs, even though he's not necessarily a a, a mobile quarterback. Um, I think he's, he can succeed in my offense. So, and, and John said, awesome. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably exactly how it went because John wasn't going into this season with a rookie being his quarterback, and he wasn't going in with Case Keenum either. All right, Ryan, who will— well, and John didn't want, like I wrote in my column, the main point of my column is John did not want to be in a position of without power. You know, you go into this draft with no quarterback. Everyone in the world knows you aren't going into next season with Case Keenum. You call up um, the whoever's picking at seven and you say, hey, we, we, we want to trade up. And they say, cool, three first round picks. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. They're like, we know, we know you want your lock here. Yeah. And you don't have any other options, so three first-round picks. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? You know, go into the season with Case Keenum or give up three first-round picks. It's a terrible position to be in. Case Keenum and Kevin Hogan as your backup. Right. Yeah, it's it's terrible. All right, Brian, who will Denver's flashiest re-signing be? I can, I can read you the names that are on the list. Go for it. Jared Valdir, Domita Pecco, Tremaine Brock, Shaq Barrett, Matt Paradis, Shane Ray, Billy Turner, Bradley Roby, Andre Holmes, Zach Kerr. Stop there. Um, <laughs> none of the above. None of those are flashy. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you have to give me a different uh, adjective. Biggest. Who are they going to pay the most money to? Billy Turner. <laughs> That's exactly who I was going to say, too. And I think that shows you two things. One we'll get to right after this one. And the other point is... How much are the Broncos losing? Not not much this offseason. No. Nope. So then who will Denver's biggest loss in free agency be? In terms of who makes the most money outside of the building? Or who it affects the most, yeah. Matt Paradis. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Paradis. And a really quick note, Ryan, there's no franchise tag for centers. It's an offensive line tag. Mm. So instead of a price being $10 million, which it would be if it was just centers— it's fourteen or fifteen million. Why? So stupid. I know. I I had no idea about that. My guy Kai told me about that. I that makes no sense. That That's makes- just like saying like Von Miller should be included on the defensive line and Edge Rusher should be as well. Yeah, or you know, a uh, pass catcher is just a tag. Right. And so tight ends get that's the perfect example. Tight ends get filtered in with, with wide receivers. Right. Because it's just a pass catcher tag. And everyone knows that tight ends aren't as valuable as wide receivers in most cases. But they're going you you essentially can't franchise tag them because you don't want to pay them that money. And so if Paradis is really looking for that, what, the biggest contract ever? Eleven and a half million or more. <sighs> That's a steep price to pay. You're paying Mike Mike Munchak the big bucks, so he so you don't really have to pay those big bucks. So I agree, it will be Matt Paradis. I don't think they re-sign him right now. All right, who will Denver's biggest free agent signing be in terms of name, value, whatever? Um, the one that everyone's been talking about that I think will get a decent check from the Broncos and will be here is Bryce Callahan. And that's that's exactly who I think it is too. There's names like C.J. Mosley out there. I don't think the Broncos are, are in contention for him right now. I don't think the Broncos are in win-now mode right now uh, enough for him. He's, he's going to get high money wherever he goes uh, and can choose wherever he goes. So I think it is Bryce Callahan. Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna make some moves. They're going to be highly aggressive in this free agency. Uh, but remember, free agency is a two-way street. Got to have the, the 
equal interest on the other side. Right now, the Broncos have just over $20 million in cap space. Now, they're going to cut some people. They're Free going to make some 20 moves. more if they want to. $40 million, And you have to fill out the rest of your roster, too. So what is that? That's potentially one big signing and then filling out the rest of your roster. It's crazy. It's crazy how quick money goes in the NFL. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Joe Flacco throwing balls to Antonio Brown, though? I know he talked about it a little bit yesterday. If you could make one big signing, would that be your signing? That's as much of a win-now move as you can ever get. I it's would love to see a, it. It's as much of a Joe Flacco move as you can ever get. It is, yeah. I would love to see it. That's all you can do. I don't even know if there's a Bryce Callahan in the mix when you do that. I mean, that's that's just how penny-pinching it comes because then you have $8 million for the, the draft class. I think you I think you could do both. Because remember, you're getting rid of Emmanuel Sanders in this, in this uh, case. So you're saving ten million right, there. Right. Then on top of that, you get rid of all those other guys: the Darian Stewarts, the Brandon Marshalls, the Derek Wolfs. Um, that frees you up to probably get two, those two guys. Yeah. It's enticing. It's a John I, Elway move. To me, it, it's a complete and, and utter no-brainer. You do this when but you got you, Joe Flacco. You, I, I, you just had to have had the conversation. Hey, Antonio Brown's out there. We get Joe Flacco and Antonio Brown. Those two can make it work. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. It'd be the best receiver he's ever had. Oh, yeah. Ah, man. I would I would do it. I know everyone, you know, hates Antonio Brown because he's a he's acting a fool this offseason. And the- but you're win now. That's win now. You That's- can't t- like you, you, you have to take risks when you're a six-win team trying to win now. Yep. You can't just sit there and and say, "Well, we're going to build this thing the right way, and we're going to win now." That's not how it works. You have to take shortcuts when you're trying to go from six six wins to twelve. You're trying to double your win total if you're in if you're in true win now mode. You're trying to double your win total. You got to take some flyers, man. Yeah. That's what I used to always say about CU. It's a different it's a different case. But when CU was struggling, you know, they would they would have to recruit some guy who has some off the field issues or they have to recruit a guy who's too small, but he can play really well. And it's like they don't have the luxury to be picky to pick and choose the guys. They're just trying to get guys who can play. Essentially, that's where the Broncos are right now. They're 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 a college team that is struggling and they need to recruit anyone they can who plays football very well. And it doesn't really matter anything else. Look, it's not the philosophy I agree with. But if you're telling me trying to win now then nothing can matter to you other than football talent. All right, Ryan, I know you have them picking Drew Locke in the first round. Where will that be? At 10. At 10. He falls to them at 10. I'll say, right now I'll say five. I'll say they trade a first-round pick in order to do that, and the reason for that, there's so many reasons. Make sure you check out my article on bsndenver.com to see exactly why I think that even after acquiring Joe Flacco, they can make a huge splash in order to go up and get their guy, Drew Locke. All right, Zach, that does it for whatever you want to call this segment. And um, before we move on to our second segment, uh, I want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check those out. It's a CBD-infused coffee that's taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped people decrease their anxiety. It helps you get rid of the coffee jitters. 
whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient. The coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019. That's a new promo code, BSN2019, at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, Zach, as we move along here in the uh, BSN Broncos podcast, we have a question of the week to get to. It's interesting because we put out this question of the week pre-Joe Flacco, Mm -hmm. but as we've just detailed here, you got to hope that the Broncos are in the market still for a quarterback in the draft. Exactly. And so the question of the week is, what order would you rank the top three quarterbacks in the draft? Ryan Clayman, first one to chime in, says, I thought Murray was going um, to the MLB, so I haven't watched a lot of videos on him. So right now he has Locke, Haskins, and Murray, but ask me after the combine. And I think that's how the Broncos have it as well. I think Haskins is last for the Broncos. Mm, think Murray's in there? Although the closest one to Joe Flacco is Haskins, not Locke. Locke's not too far. He's not, but I'm just saying the closest one is Haskins. He's he's an immobile quarterback who does all of his work from the pocket. Right, right. Locke just likes to throw it deep, just like Flacco, like consistently. Despite what Stephen A. Smith, who's actually on the TV right now, <laughs> yep. might want you to say. I mean, that is... How did he not learn after the Chargers thing? Yeah, just to not say things willy-nilly. Right. Like, I get that part of your job is to be able to BS, but you can't just be saying completely factually inaccurate things. And it's not as if they surprise him with the topics. They told him, we're talking quarterbacks in the draft. The least he could have done is gone on to some random blog and read the scouting report on each guy. Yep. Or just looked at stats. You can BS... A, a, a whole segment on Dwayne Haskins by simply going to NFL doc, literally Googling Dwayne Haskins draft profile. The first one that'll come up is NFL.com. And on there, it would tell you that he is a pure pocket passer. Yep. <laughs> that, that legitimately made me mad. I'm just like, you don't, e- you don't even care enough about your job to put in the smallest to Google a guy, literally Google a guy before talking about it. You wonder how many, how much stuff he throws out and just guesses, right? Right, because this means that he's never once watched Dwayne Haskins' one play of his career. No. And he's being paid to talk about him to, to the widest audience possible. Being paid millions, too. Ryan, a lot of people have been have been clearly listening to you. Devin Wittick comes in and says, Murray, Haskins, Locke, somewhere at the bottom, Jones. So Jones isn't in the conversation. Murray, Justin Jeffs comes in, Murray, Haskins, Locke. Murray's at the top of all these. This is those are my rankings. Murray Haskins Locke. Yep. Mm. I I like Locke, and, and him and Haskins are neck and neck to me. It's just that my number one evaluating tool is accuracy. That's that is a non-starter for me, and it's not that that Drew is inaccurate to the point where he's undraftable because there are there have been quarterbacks who I have essentially said I don't want them because they're inaccurate. Josh Allen is one of them. Yep. I watch Josh Allen. I'm just like, he's not accurate enough. That's not going to work in the NFL. So Dwayne Haskins is more accurate. In fact, he had the highest completion percentage of any of these guys, just barely edged out Kyler Murray. And I realize his offense did him a lot of favors there, but he is really accurate uh, on all three levels. So to me, that, that lifts him up a little bit. That does not mean I don't like Drew Locke. He just happens to be third. I think this class ends up being better than everyone thought it was 
two months ago. And that's what people need to realize. There's good quarterbacks in every single draft class. So just because it's a down year, especially from last year, doesn't mean it's awful and no good quarterbacks are going to come out of this. All right, Ryan, next one. Coming in from Timothy Pierce, he says, number one, and then there's a gif there. And it's not just a gif of Kyler Murray. To be honest, I thought Kyler was going to make some razzle-dazzle play with his feet. No, it's him not moving in the pocket and launching a ball 50 or 60 yards downfield. And it's, it's a great thing to, to use to describe him because, he's yes, he can make plays out of the pocket, but he can also make plays in the pocket. I'm so freaking happy that I got that column out on Monday <laughs> because otherwise I would have just had to keep it to myself and maybe I'd send out some tweets about how I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. It wouldn't have gotten nearly as much action. I don't know the exact numbers. I can probably find it here shortly. But the amount of uh, responses I got on that saying I was crazy for this mm-hmm. from people who I know have not watched any Kyler Murray tape is going to make me so happy to go back and talk to those people when, in my opinion, he goes number one out of all the quarterbacks and then ends up being the best quarterback in this class. Better hope, or I'll remember it. That's I'll fine. Remember, uh, it, hey, <laughs> I've been wrong before, but I was right about Baker Mayfield before most people. Not that you weren't or Brandon wasn't, but this one, he's the next Russell Wilson. He's just faster. Yeah. And has better arm strength from sideline to sideline. More dangerous. Telling you. Next one comes in from Do You Like Dags? He says, Locke Murray Haskins. I like that too. I mean, again, I like all the guys. Uh, Eric Scott, Murray, Murray, Murray. <laughs> Eamon Badwin staying on that same route. Murray, Locke, and Haskins based on how they will fit in Denver. Well, that's clearly changed probably. Yeah. Yep. From Roca Diaz, Murray Haskins Locke. Is there any? Zero. Give me a percent. Zero. zero. Don't even think about it. You say zero. <laughs> you say zero percent. Of Kyler coming here. Yep. One percent. I mean, nothing. I, I, I. You were getting me so on the hype train. And, and not just that, but potentially trading up to get him a 5'9 quarterback. Now there's just nothing. It's fun to think about what he's going to be with another team. So sad. Yeah. It's not fun to think about him being on the Raiders, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Not fun at all. No. Um, I'll say this. To all you Kyler Murray naysayers who are in my mentions, and I'm sure some of you listen to this podcast, I hope you love Joe Flacco. Because he is all of the things you told me Kyler Murray doesn't have. Mm. Every last one of them. That's what that's what Joe Flacco has. Mm. So you better love him. And and I don't hate him. I'm just saying you better love him. Because he is the antithesis of Kyler Murray. And all of those things you complained about, he has. Yep. And if you're going to come back and tell me, well, he doesn't have this thing that I want and that thing that I want. Okay, so your only quarterback that you're okay with is is Patrick Mahomes. He's the only one who has the arm strength, the pocket presence, and the ability to scramble. Right. And the, to throw on the run. He checks all. He's the only quarterback in football who checks every single box. Yep. Yep. Just messed <laughs> up. Should we jump into the questions, Ryan? Yeah, let's do it. Because Sausage Sanga Harry comes in and... kind of came at me on my... Uh, 
my Joe Flacco column. Oh, and he's he's coming in at uh, John Elway on this one. He says, there is nothing anyone can say to quell my anger at such a dumb move. I hate Joe Flacco. What's his? What's the plan now? Continue floating in mediocrity like a turd in a toilet bowl? Well, we talked a lot about the what the plan should be. Yeah. We don't know that's what the plan is. and I'm afraid it's, that's not what the plan is. And that's what, you know, someone commented on my column and they're like, oh, good spin here. And I'm like, I'm not spinning it. I'm telling you how this move makes sense. And I literally said in there something along the lines of if – Joe Flacco is the plan. This is an unmitigated disaster. Hmm. So I wasn't trying to spin it. I'm just telling you, if this was the plan, then the pl- then the plan makes sense. If it's not the plan, the plan makes no sense. Right. What do you? But we both we both said that they're still going to pick a quarterback in the first round. Crossing those fingers. What is what what is your confidence in that? I'm for, not very confident. For me, it's about fifty one percent. Like. At best. At best, yeah. Maybe I'll go 50.1%. <laughs> I can, I can, I mean, I could see it so much that I might as well start writing the lead about that column that I don't want to write. You probably should. Because it's not hard at all to envision a scenario in, when John, in which John Elway thinks Joe Flacco can be the guy. You draft a, a defensive player at 10. To get you know to get uh, Joe uh, to get Vic Fangio's defense working, and you say if we give Vic Fangio Devin White as his you know roamer in the middle of the field who can be his field general, uh, we pick up Bryce Callahan in free agency, and you know maybe one more guy. This team can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I re- Ryan, I see it. I I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. I just don't want to. Speaking of Valentine's this Day, this is going to be a a contentious draft day. <sighs> Broncos fans are either going to be ecstatic or rioting. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm scared for draft day. I I, I like have angst about it now because people are going to act just exactly the way you wrote the column. If it's a quarterback, people are going to say, "Okay, the Joe Flacco move was a good one. I accept that now." So it's not just going to be one move that people are like either mad about. It's going to be the entire off season that people are happy with once that pick comes in or so angry with. That's going to be a hell of a night. Yep. That is going to be a hell of a night. Um, all right, let's move on next here from Timmy from Sweden. He says, also, I feel like Joe Flacco would be a better f- – oh, he says, Ryan, the pod is more than enough for me with, Oh, uh, with, as his present. With a heart. Perfect for Valentine's Day. Also, I feel like Flacco would be a better fit for Skangarello's offense than Keenum would be. His strong arm is perfect for Skangarello. What do you guys think about that? That's another thing that people aren't thinking about when they're telling me that Case Keenum and Joe Flacco are the same, which, oh my, that almost ruined my day yesterday. People trying to bring up stats from Case Keenum, which are completely and utterly skewed by his off-the-charts 2017 season that the Broncos tried to recreate and realized they were stupid for. And people are trying to tell me that because of that season, Case Keenum is the same as Joe Flacco. That tells me that you've never actually looked at what these two quarterbacks are, are, are capable of doing. Again, I'm not trying to tell you that Joe Flacco is amazing. I know for a fact he's better than, than Case Keenum by, I'm not going to say a huge margin, but by a significant margin. Yeah, he's better. I would take him in a game 
If I needed a win, that's who I'm taking. Yeah, there was a, a reporter out there who posted a quote. It was Benjamin Albright, and he said he he spoke with a source who said, "Look, if you look at the if you look at the statistics, they're going to boil down similar." But Joe Flacco forces the defense to defend every blade of grass on the field, where Case Keenum doesn't. And I thought that described it perfectly. That's exactly what I was, you know, thinking that I and I wasn't saying it that succinctly. Joe Flacco does more. He's capable of more. He can open the defense up over the top. He, a defense would rather game plan for Case Keenum 100 times out of 100 than for Joe Flacco. There's no question about that. Mr. Freeze comes in and says, name me Joe Flacco's receivers the last couple of years. We kind of hit on that already. He hasn't been given any any weapons. Who knows? If this, if this batch of receivers is better. If they add Antonio Brown, obviously it'll be way better. Cortland Sutton doesn't develop. If these guys don't develop and Emmanuel Sanders can't get, come back from injury, then he's going to be dealing with the same type of receivers he's had. And maybe that's the quarterback you want is the one that's been there before and knows how to handle not the best receiving group. I feel, am I forgetting someone? Because he had Anquan Bolden, and they were great together. Um, he had Steve Smith at the very end of his career. Yep. Did he, is Anquan Bolden the only legitimate star receiver that he ha, he's had? I think so. What a terrible, I mean, what a organizational failure. Well, they gave him $20 million, and that was the first $20 million contract. So they said, if we're paying you this money, you better be able to win with nothing. And on top of that, since Ray Rice, has he had any star running backs? No. That is ugly. I guess he's probably been given a better offensive line. Yeah, sure. And that's what he needs. He does need an offensive line. Every quarterback needs weapons that isn't named Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. But realistically, how much can you give him? Can you give it? Can you sign Antonio Brown? Can you sign a stud tight end? Can Have you? Have they been missing on draft picks? I don't know. You could give him Cortland Sutton. You could give him Philip Lindsay, which actually they they wanted to. Um, you know, you can give him weapons without having to spend money if you're just good at drafting. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Freeze also chimes in and says, Chipotle and Qdoba sell alcohol. Aren't they fast food? No. I'm so offended by this. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I eat Chipotle a lot. And now I'm finding out that there are people in the world that would say, mm. man, RK eats a lot of fast food. <laughs> no, here's I what literally it, ne- almost never eat fast food. I didn't know this until someone informed me. These restaurants, Chipotle, Qdoba, sandwich shops, they're fast casual. That's technically the word you use for them. Yeah, and none of them are... It's all about food quality, right? Right. The quality of food there is so significantly above that of a McDonald's or anything like that. I love seeing it, you know, just cooked right in the back and the food's right there put together. Yeah, they're just like throwing some spice on chicken and then, you know, mixing it with rice and beans. (laughs) Yep. Nothing fast food about that. It just comes to you quickly. Right, exactly. Which is why it's fast casual. <laughs> I can't believe you thought I was a fast food eater. <laughs> All right, next one here from Connor P. In response to your guys' question from two days ago about whether or not there's collusion going on with the MLB with Harper and Machado, I don't think it's over collusion, a.k.a. I don't think the owners are calling each other and setting limits behind the scenes. I do think it's basically a big staring contest where no one wants to blink first. The contracts are going to set a benchmark for all other superstar contracts moving forward. This is amplified by current tensions between the MLB and the Players Association, as well as the upcoming renegotiation of the collective bargaining agreement, which I think happens after 2020 or 2021. Okay. Interesting. 
he and also he has like a Rockies logo as his thing. So he's he's our uh, our resident resident baseball guy. Here's my thing, Zach, and it just makes no sense to me. But maybe this is because I'm coming from a football mindset. If you're the Colorado Rockies, right, and you believe that you are as close to winning a World Series as you've ever been in your history, which I think they do believe that right now. Obviously, Rocktober notwithstanding, they couldn't have predicted that. No one could have. Why, why would you not just say, you know what, we realize that we're going to have to pay Bryce Harper a bunch of money when he doesn't deserve it at the end of his contract, but if we're ever going to win a World Series, it's right now, why, why don't we just offer him $300 million? <laughs> Why won't we just offer him $300 million? Yes. That would be why $300 million, Ryan. But someone's going to do it. Yeah. And so your options are someone else is going to get better and yeah. have a better chance of winning the World Series, or we're going to get better and have a better chance of winning the World Series. So then no Nolan. You're not signing two guys to $300 million contracts. That's like the value of your team. I get it. I get it. I get the Nolan thing creates a... a oh, wait. Are you saying sign Bryce Harper to have this one year with Nolan and Bryce, and then you let Nolan walk? Or you trade, or you trade Bryce Harper. We'd be able to? I don't know. I mean, the Yankees, I After guess, he is hits the only team. 60 home runs oh, on the Coors Field true. short porch, I bet you probably could. Maybe you wouldn't want to. <sighs> and then just trade him to the Yankees where I, he can hit short look, home runs there. And I'm not, I'm not specifically advocating for the Rockies to go after Bryce Harper, but my point is there are all these teams sitting out there who think they can win the World Series next year. How are you just letting this guy who makes your team better just sit out there as no – like he says that no one wants to be the first one to blink – I, if I'm the owner, I 100% want to be the first one to blink because no one else is blinking and then I get the guy. Why don't, unless you're in a blinking contest, then you don't want to blink first. And look, I would much rather have Nolan Arenado long-term than, than Bryce Harper. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily advocating for the Rockies. I was just trying to create a hypothetical where I'm saying, why wouldn't a team who thinks they're about to win do what it takes to get him? Here's what, here's maybe more along the lines of what you're thinking. Why not offer him one year $50 million? blow him out of the water with a one-year deal he can't refuse then he goes and gets and w- with the idea that you convince him you're just gonna go get your 10-year 300 million dollar contract next year you'll just have a 50 million dollar head start well because then he just takes a year off of his worth but hey i'm with you just offer him something someone offer him something offer him 60 million give you give yourself a chance to get him yeah we're not baseball guys, so we don't know the, the ins and outs <laughs> and all of this. All I'm saying is if you think you have a chance to win the World Series, you're just letting a guy who gives you a better chance sit out there. It would never happen in any other sport. Yeah. that's It's so wild. And that's why I think I think the owners are colluding in a sense where they're saying, we cannot let these players continue to force us into these huge bidding wars where we have to give them 10-year contracts when we know they're only going to be good for four, average for three, and then done for the last three years where we're paying them 30 million dollars a season yeah it makes sense i think there there's some collusion yeah um anyways don't do don't sign bryce harper if it takes you out of <laughs> nolan unless you think nolan Arenado is going to be gone <laughs> which you may you may get that feeling now all right Con- that's enough, that's enough baseball talk for connor today. p then switches to football and says this oh and as for flacco to the broncos i don't think it's going to hurt us in the long run at the very least maybe keenum can learn something from a veteran and like Ryan said, since there is no dead money to deal with, the Broncos can easily move on from someone better if they are available. They just seem like a move from this just seems like a move from Elway to cover all bases and therefore is ultimately a smart thing to do. 
Yeah, the only thing there is about Keenum. Yeah. He he gone. Yeah. Here's the thing. Let's say you keep Case Keenum and Joe Flacco. You're paying nearly $40 million for your quarterbacks for below average play, regardless of who is playing. Even if they're both playing at the same time. Can't even run the RRPPO that way. And you're paying more than any other team is paying for their quarterbacks. That's disgusting. Yeah, you can't do that. No. All right, from BWR, now that Denver doesn't need to draft a quarterback this year, the future franchise quarterback has been confirmed, K.J. Costello. Big arm, check. Pro style offense, check. Mobile, check. Goes to LA's alma mater, check. Has an Italian last name, check. Are there any odds available for this? I have some life savings to invest. P.S. I'm still convinced that Locke is a target. I'm just having some fun. P.P.S. Went through Taco Bell drive through today and didn't even think about it until now. I think you guys are getting in, getting in my head. Signed, a sad man who doesn't have five guys are in and out in his hometown. <laughs> you need to take a vacation. Honestly, if calories and diets and all that weren't an weren't a concern, I would go to Taco Bell over five guys or in and out. Gosh, Taco Bell's so good. You know what? Just stay simple, too. If you're afraid uh, of Taco Bell, you know, you haven't been there in a while, your first time ever, just go there. Chicken quesadilla. You can do that. Or spicy tostada. Very simple. So good. Chicken quesadilla is probably the simplest thing you can get on the menu. And the sauce they put on there is sent from above. So is the sauce they put on the spicy all right, the all spicy right. tostada. If, if You can't go wrong with the Crunchwrap Supreme, though. I'm all, uh, God, this is messed up. Because <laughs> uh, I haven't had it in so long. Um, don't make me think. Don't, don't describe something good. Okay. Okay. But, but the... <laughs> I, I, the quesarito. Oh, oh that's what it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is one of the greatest inventions of all time. Was that a Taco Bell original? Yeah. And then Chipotle started doing it. Yo, I think people were just like, hey, can you guys do this too? <laughs> Did you ever get it there? Um, No. Yeah. One time, though, I, w- I went to uh, Del Taco after a few uh, cold snacks <laughs> and... I was like, I, all I want is Taco Bell. Like, all I want is Taco Bell. And one of the cooks from behind heard me, and he's like, oh, I, I work at Taco Bell. It's my second job. What do you want? Oh, I can my make you, gosh. I can make you anything that you can make a Taco Bell in this kitchen. I was like, are you kidding me? He he's was like, sent from above. He's like, you want a Crunchwrap Supreme? I'm like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, hopefully that guy didn't get fired. Was it better? Was Del Taco's Taco Bell better than Taco Bell's Taco Bell? I'll say this. If, have you ever tried to make something that you had at a restaurant at home? Mm-hmm. Ah, he just didn't have the it ingredients. It was a step above that. Okay. But essentially the same sort of thing. Yeah, like fair. you can't make a Chipotle burrito in your kitchen. No, you can't. You can't make sushi at home that tastes as good as when it's at the store. It's true. Or at the restaurant. So it, it, it kind of tasted like a homemade <laughs> version. But it hit the spot at the He top. tried. All right, from Flying Kiwi. Hey, RNZ. Thought of the podcast while eating dim sum on a visit to Hong Kong last week. What a legend. I would love to have dim sum in Hong Kong. That sounds (sighs) incredible. Also got to try Shake Shack there for the first time. We don't have it in New Zealand. I reckon it's somewhere in the middle of fast food and burger joint. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it's, it's fast casual. No. Exactly. Nailing it. Because... It needs its own category. What? How, how, what? How's it any different than Five Guys? Because it feels like a fast food restaurant. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because they sell beer. I know. They brew their own beer, so that makes it like better than fast casual. I just going, I'm just going off feel. <laughs> just going off feel here. I won't try to change your heart. 
he says, hope you guys get to try the world-famous Ferg Burger in Queenstown here one day, although it has lost some of its soul ever since it moved from a hole in an alleyway into an actual shop front 15 years ago. The old Ferg Burger. Would love to. Not to be confused with... No, never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, the Flacco trade is such a fascinating one. Somehow... Both an incredibly predictable LOL way move, and yet it also asks way more questions than it answers. You have to think the Broncos' approach to free agency will hopefully answer a lot more questions about Elway's grand plan. P.S. In-N-Out was the very first meal I ate on U.S. soil in my trip there 10 years ago. Maybe it was chronic jet lag, but I was a bit underwhelmed. But I see how people could love it. I'm a huge fan of Five Guys, though. Yeah, Flying Kiwi just must have been the jet lag. So you got to give it another try. Once you've been in the States for many days and that jet lag is gone. Nope. That's the only I reason. think the jet lag would make the food taste better. <laughs> You're like starving from right. being stuffed into a plane. Or are you just trying to eat at like 6 a.m., you mm. know? I saw someone post a funny tweet the other day. That it was at like 7 a.m. They're like, I just had Chinese food because uh, – there are no rules in airports. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Once you're in the airport, all bets are off. Speaking of food, Nacho Brad chime in and he says, one, garbage plates are legit. Two, missed you guys during the outage. Three, speaking about garbage, hard to tell how I feel about this <laughs> Flacco trade. If he's the plan, kill me. If opening day roster is Flacco, Locke, and AB, sign me up. So, how likely is it that AB comes to Denver? Whew. I would say more likely today than it was yesterday morning. Yeah, I agree. They got to get him a guy. Maybe it's Sanders, and Mike Kliss was kind of hinting at that yesterday, which really bummed me out. Not that I don't think Sanders is good. I'm just afraid that he's not going to be as good anymore now that he's torn his Achilles. Yeah. Well, this will really bum Nacho Brad, you and I, out. Mike Kliss was also hinting that it's not a quarterback in the first round. Yep, he did. That didn't seem, I don't know. That Actually, not hint. That he was very much saying. It didn't feel like sourced information to me. It just right. felt like he, his conclusion cuff. that he drew from the Broncos getting Flacco is that first-round quarterbacks are off the board. That he drew. Mm-hmm. He also goes on to say, too early to start planning fantasy draft 2019, JK. Not really. This is about when it yeah. was planned last year. <laughs> Get at us. Get at us. <laughs> Who's taking Flacco round one? Oh, God. Still can't believe I didn't take Philip Lindsay last year. I was the Philip Lindsay guy. You were. You told everyone to do it. And then I felt like I was being a homer. <laughs> why, did I, why did I care? The one day a year you felt like that was happened to fall in the fantasy draft? Whoa, 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 whoa. I just felt like, man, if I just build Philip Lindsay up so much, then I'd draft him in the, fantasy, <laughs> in the, fantasy, playoff, or in the fantasy league and then... The Broncos don't even give him a real chance. I'm just going to look stupid. So you were just really throwing curveballs at everyone. You didn't believe in Phillip Lindsay either. You were just trying Stop. to have him go f- earlier in the draft. No, I just felt like I had ar- I didn't want to attach my ship to him even more. That much? You were like 99% on the way there. I know. <laughs> it's I know. not like you're 50%. Look, I regret it in every way. But even, even before week one, I was like, why did I not draft him? Especially because I drafted Cortland Sutton. I got, I got my two guys that I hopped on the bandwagon for. Mm. I got them wrong. All I'm saying is if you want Philip Lindsay in the fantasy draft, you better make sure you're ahead of Ryan in the first round. Yeah, he's not getting by me this time. <laughs> All right. From Bad188. Long post coming. Sorry, fam. <laughs> guys, I'm back. I took a break from dropping comments. Well, because I'm not a – well, because I'm a bad person. Sorry. Oh, were you like in jail or something? <laughs> Uh, so I had to reflect. I had a day to reflect on this Flacco trade. 
Uh, and my first reaction was, no, God, no, like other fans. <laughs> but now looking at this, my reaction is, are we Broncos fans spoiled? Ever since Peyton retired, our fan oh, – first of all, the answer is yes. Ever since Peyton yeah. retired, our fan base has been begging and praying for an average quarterback that can lead our team back to the playoffs. I want Broncos fans to aver- answer this question. Would you take Simeon, Osweiler, Lynch, or Keenum over Flacco? No, of course you wouldn't. He's a proven 11-year vet that takes great defenses to the playoffs in a division that for the last 10 years has had great Steeler team and a competitive Bengals team. But I agree with RK. Great story. Well, thank you. This can't be the only move. Denver can win now and think of the future. This actually helps us do that. If Case was the week one starter, we don't have the option to let a rookie sit and learn and win. This helps Denver sit in the draft on day one, and if our QB is there at eight, we can trade a few mid-rounders to move up. Also, this is the first sign that Elway is going all in this offseason. He's looking all around to improve. Strap in, Broncos country. It's going to be a fun offseason. Case will go to the cards or skins. You heard it here first. Mm. P.S. Cookout trays are the truth. Your boy, bad one. Dang. That you brought the heat when you're back and love a bad one. Glad you're out uh, of the pen. <laughs> we all missed you. Uh, it's good to have you back. Let's get to the rest of these questions after I tell you about the good folks at Get Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app, and you can literally unlock cars near you through their, through their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation by renting it out to Get Around. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co slash bsn and save $15 off your first rental or go to get.co slash bsn and sign up for free to rent out your car and start making money fast. Um, I want to touch just a little more on bad one there. I didn't want to leave him hanging. He mentioned if Broncos fans are spoiled, and then he said, and the answer to that is yes. And then he said, I want Broncos fans, um, or and then he said, Broncos fans have been praying for an average quarterback that can lead our team back to the playoffs. I disagree with that. Broncos fans have never, ever been okay with average at quarterback. They even ha- they've even been above average at quarterback fairly significantly with Jake Plummer, and they weren't happy then. So I've never felt like Broncos fans were okay with average, which is why even Joe Flacco, I wouldn't say at his peak, because if you were to somehow get Joe Flacco the year after he won the Super Bowl, I think everyone would have been happy. Of course, Peyton Manning was already here, but you see what I'm saying. I think Broncos fans only accept greatness at quarterback, and that is the sense in which they are spoiled. I mean, Ryan, Jake Plummer is the perfect example, like you said. Uh, He even carried them to the playoffs, just like Joe Flacco has done. Uh, Obviously, didn't get to the Super Bowl, but went far, won a playoff game. It's Peyton Manning. It's John Elway. It's who's that next one? Who's the next one? Is it Drew Locke? Is it Tua? Is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it some guy that we're drafting with the next GM in 10 years? Who knows? But you forgot to mention Kyler Murray. Ah, (laughs) I just don't think that's going to be here. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, Broncos fans are very spoiled and they're blessed to be spoiled. Why? Because they've had two of the best quarterbacks of all time in just the last 20 years, maybe a little more than that, I guess 35 or so years, the Broncos have had the two greatest, two of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. A lot of people would argue that's, that's reason to be spoiled. 
and I don't blame Broncos fans for being spoiled, but they are extremely spoiled. And also, I just wanted to talk about the say, so I'm going to take my chance right now. I'm sick of take culture, mm. which is what we get because of Twitter, and I love Twitter with all of my heart. So, um, I happy Valentine's Day to Twitter. Yes, happy Valentine's <laughs> Day to Twitter. You you have my heart. Um, take culture has made it so there's only two factions of quarterbacks. There are the goats, who literally people call them the goat, or they are your trash. There's no in between. Yeah. And that's why people think Joe Flacco is the same as Case Keenum, because he's not the GOAT, so he's trash. And that makes him the same as Case Keenum. He's not the same as Case Keenum. Not even close. So just try and be a little more nuanced in your thinking. It's not there, – there is a middle ground. You don't want to be in the middle ground in most cases, but there is a middle ground, and you don't just have to be amazing or trash. Just like in life, with everything, there is a middle ground. There's a gray area. There's, you know, whatever you want to call. All right, next one comes in here from Mile High Cat Lady. It says, hey, guys, first time commenting, and I just have to say you guys are awesome. And the pod is the only thing that gets me through my work day. Thank you for everything you do. Well, thank you for listening along with us and for the nice comment. That is too cool, Mile High Cat Lady. Thank you so much. And for increasing the dem- demographic of women in the comment section, which we could always use more. Absolutely. She says, moving on to the news, I have two thoughts. One, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Fangio interview came out the day before the Flacco news. <laughs> I could totally see Elway and staff wanting to get ahead of the bad reactions by having Vic, having Vic make it clear what their intentions are going forward. It's almost like a message for the future saying, hey, I know something scary is going to happen tomorrow, but trust <laughs> us, there will be no Band-Aids. Rather than making me doubt Fangio's influence, it makes me more confident that Flacco is part of a larger long-term plan. That. Is, is good, good high-quality optimism right Yes, there. yes, I love it. I'm going to come in with the uh, negative view, or it could have been John saying, ah, this is going to be hilarious. He's going to say this Band-Aid thing, and I'm going to put the biggest Band-Aid on him. <laughs> I'm going to wrap four ace bandages, <laughs> three Band-Aids. I'm really going to show cast. him who's boss. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what happened there. I think... I think Vic Fangio had a great outlook on things. I just don't think John Elway cared. <laughs> yep. But I also think Vic Fangio was okay with this move. I don't think John just completely went behind his back. I agree. I just, you know, he said, he, Vic Fangio said in there, does it mean we can't get a veteran who can help us this year? No, that means we can do that. And so maybe that does give you hope for the larger plan. I like Mile High Cat Lady's uh, outlook on it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept that into my soul. I like that. I like that. Number two, she says, Ryan, you mentioned that the Flacco trade means we can sit at 10 and see if a quarterback falls. I think I view it the opposite way. If we trade for Flacco, it means we've taken one of the available quarterbacks off the market, and a team that was eyeing him may now have to go explore their options in the draft to trade ahead of us, potentially. Also, if we stay at 10 and all of our possible guys are gone, then what? We go 9-7, and we have even a worse pick next year. I think jumping up to 5 this year to get our guy will be cheaper in the long run than possibly missing out and waiting till the year after. Getting Flacco means we won't be tanking in 2020 or 2021. If we do it now, I foresee a few years of mediocrity and a mid-level draft picks until Flacco leaves and we're back to square one sucking again. What are your thoughts? That's what you said, Zach. Yeah, and I think, Ryan, we talked about, I think it was after the podcast yesterday, we talked about how you know some teams have, have made a big splash in free agency or made a trade at a quarterback, uh, and then they just turn around and they move up in the draft to get a quarterback that exact same year. I thought there was I thought I was going to be able to find a few examples for my story. 
I couldn't believe how many examples there were. Now, the the one thing that someone can come back in my story and say is, yeah, those guys aren't John Elway. That's fair. But these are like seven different teams doing this in the past three years. We're talking, we're not talking, uh, re, or, or we're not talking distant memory. This is something that just happened. So there's plenty of evidence to believe that the Broncos are doing this to, to get that veteran in there, but more so, like we said, to be competitive this year and to be competitive for the future. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think this move, again, it doesn't preclude them from trading up. And I didn't, I didn't want that necessarily to come across in my story because all, all I said was now if they want to trade up, they won't get finessed. And I did say that in my story. Now that if they want to move up to seven and they say three first round picks, the Broncos just say no, you know, right. it, it's given them the option to say no, rather than being in a position where they have no choice, but to say yes. Right. Exactly. And choices are, are everything. And so they still could trade up. Certainly this just to me takes them, it, it makes them undesperate, which is great. It means they can, if, if Drew Locke is falling and they feel like he's going to continue to fall, they can still sit back. Um, but also you said, what if they, what if all the guys are gone? I think that's where plan B comes in, which is trade back. That's what my plan B would be, but who knows what's going to happen when we get to draft day, which I'm now scared of. It'd be my plan B as well. Next one coming in from 49th state Bronco. Hi guys. I was so disappointed with the Flacco news today that I had to subscribe. I love people subscribing based (laughs) off disappointment. Doesn't happen often because once you subscribe, you're not disappointed anymore. Oh, like you feel like you've done something good for yourself. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. He says, I've been freeloading on the podcast since early August last year, and you provide the best Broncos coverage that I have encountered without a doubt. Thank you so much. Thank you. I know you will be able to help me make some sense of this seemingly senseless move, and you deserve to be paid for all the hard work you put into your product. Thank you again. I haven't listened to today's podcast yet, and I'm sure you're all over it. But I'm hoping the Flacco signing means that Keenum is gone this season and we still draft our quarterback of the future this year. However, I'm not sure I see the logic in bringing in a more expensive bridge quarterback that isn't any better than what we already have. Do you think that they are thinking that Flacco provides them more time to groom or figure out the quarterback problem? Yeah, yeah, and and that's Flacco... If they go the route where they don't get a quarterback this year, they can do the exact same thing that I want them to do this year. They can do it next year. They can even do it in two years from now. Uh, Keenum, it was clear after last year, he wasn't going to be able to do that for them any longer than this year. And you put on the fact that Flacco's an upgrade this year, yeah, he, he can be a three-year bridge quarterback. He can be a one-year bridge quarterback. This week has been causing me a lot of... Um... I guess the word would be anxiety, but it's because I I can't wait for the season to start now because so many people have said Flacco is the same as Keenum and Kyler Murray is trash. Like that's been my entire mentions this this week. And now I have to wait how many months until I get to say, look, Flacco is better than Keenum and Kyler Murray is the next big thing. <laughs> but I, like I have to wait, what, six months? Yep. That bothers me. Now, Ryan, you... you so, so what I'm saying here is Flacco is not the same as Keenum. They upgraded it, albeit slightly, but they upgraded for a fourth-round pick. It's a no-brainer. I'd, I'd love your optimism. Let me just chime in, bash that down a little bit. Elvis Doomerville on Twitter says, Sorry, Broncos fans, but this was a desperate move. Well, the Broncos are in a desperate position. <laughs> they won 11 games in two years. Yeah, that's fair. 
I actually um, got a text from a player who played with Joe Flacco for a couple seasons yesterday. They said, so much for no Band-Aids, but Joe is definitely as solid of a Band-Aid as they come. <laughs> it's, it's not one where you have to put the extra glue on and like put a Band-Aid over the Band-Aid to keep it on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take a solid Band-Aid over one of the ones that's like floating around in the pool. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny, though. I was like, well... That is funny. It's a very simple way to put it. It's not, no one could make the case that it's not a Band-Aid. No. So, at least a person who played with him said it's the most solid Band-Aid. I could think of one person that would say it's not a Band-Aid. Could make the case it's not a Band-Aid. Would you say his opinion matters more than everyone else's? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shame. 49 State Bronco goes on to say, with all due respect, Colorado water is not the best available water from the tap in this great nation Ooh, of ours. Wow. I've lived in Colorado and will agree that your water is really good. However, in my humble opinion, it comes a close second to the water in Alaska. In fairness, the last time I had Colorado water was in the mid-90s when I was a kid, so I haven't been able to conduct a side-by-side comparison. <laughs> the city water in Anchorage comes straight out of a glacier 20 miles north of town, aged to perfection of the frozen state for tens of thousands of years. Going to be hard to beat that. Yeah, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him in that scenario. But it would be interesting to do a side-by-side comparison. Like, bring a water bottle, but then fill it up with tap water, go travel to Alaska, and then have their tap water. Do you think someone, I'm sure someone has, could make the case that because tens of thousands of years ago, the air was so much cleaner, the water that was frozen then is way more pure? (laughs) Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. It's quite a take. I also had someone reach out to me who lives in Kansas who says the water straight out of the Ogallala Aquifer wow. is the best water ever. I've had the Kansas water. I can't Ooh. agree with that. Maybe you were in the wrong part of Kansas. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Let's hope for their sake. Well, here's what you're going to have to do, 49 State Bronco. Send over a bottle of your finest Alaskan water. We'll do a <laughs> yes. side-by-side comparison on the podcast. I love it. I, yes, do that. Do that. All right, Ryan, this next one I think is going to resonate a lot with you. Coming in from Nice 88 He says, I'm taking a break from Twitter, Broncos Twitter. Super toxic, RN. Which means right now. Yes. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I knew that. I was just I making sure it. you knew. If I, I, w- I would have said M if I didn't know what RN was. I would have been like, oh, did he misspell M? That looks weird. Super toxic <laughs> M. <laughs> uh... It is a very toxic place. Yeah. And again, it's you can only you're only allowed two opinions. Joe Flacco was <laughs> a great move, Joe Flacco was a terrible move. Yep. It's somewhere in between. But that's why the the comment section on the BSM Broncos podcast is kind of a safe mm-hmm. haven. Yeah. Usually people aren't mad online in here. No. There's a couple once in a while who who are mad online, but usually people come in here with a cool head. Just trying to get some clarity. And the great thing, even even if someone is frustrated, they just vent it. They don't go and attack you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't see people commenting on other people's comments in the BSN Broncos podcast questions saying like, you're an idiot. Right. You're dumb. Yeah. You don't understand. You millennials, whatever it is. <laughs> so we're, we're glad you came to a safe place. And and let's keep it that way, right? Oh, absolutely. There's no need for toxicity no, in here. No. All right. From Warmac 14 Hey, guys, I have an interesting hypothetical for y'all. Denver trades with Tampa, who's sitting at number five to trade luck. Then nightmare strikes. Cardinals go Murray number one. San Fran trades with the, with the Giants, who select Haskins. Mm. The Jets take Bosa. The Raiders take Locke. 
Now at number five, you have everyone but the top three quarterbacks in Bosa, but the Cardinals will call and want number five all over in Cortland Sutton for Josh Rosen. What are you doing? Rosen, one of the Williams, Devin White, or Ed Oliver? Okay, so all three quarterbacks are gone, and then the Cardinals want your number five overall pick for Josh Rosen? Yes. And you have to throw in Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that's not happening. That's that ain't happening. <sighs> yeah, this is a nightmare scenario, Warmack. And this this would be the reason why you don't trade up in advance so that you know your guy's there. But I do like the idea, like you said, Ryan, last week of trading up now just to know what you have, just like the Jets did last year with the Colts. I do like that. <sighs> You're, I'm going Quinn, Quinn and Williams. Easy. I mean, he, he is a surefire top five pick some people a lot of people believe Devin White and Ed Oliver will fall to you at 10 so you got to get a different player if you're trading up right yeah you got to get a guy who's a a consensus top five pick you're now getting the second best defensive player on the board man then you have Von Miller Quinnen Williams and Bradley Chubb Chubb. it's not worth a first round pick to trade up to number five to get him because first round picks are for quarterbacks but if you're stuck in that awful situation you make a dangerous defensive line. Kyler Mert. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think – I. okay, so Quinn and Williams or Josh Rosen? Quinn. I would probably take Rosen. Yeah. But I want something yeah. else in return. I want some – I'm not just taking Rosen. I want Rosen – I'll trade number five for Rosen and something. A second? Sure. Patrick Peterson. There you go. Number five for Rosen and pa- Patrick Peterson. Yeah, that, I, I don't know how uh, excited Vance Joseph would be about that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You yeah, can't he, get rid of him. He's like, you just traded my best player. What the heck? Uh, moving on here from Black Cat. She says, okay, okay. Thank you guys for cooling my jets and helping me see the situation more clearly. Wait, did we answer the, the previous question? What was uh, uh what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, okay. Josh Rosen. So I, I, yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't skip over anything. All right. She says, okay, okay. Thank you guys for cooling my jets and helping me see the situation more clearly. I was curious at work today when I saw the news, and it didn't help that my coworker, a diehard Saints fan, came to talk to me about the next Broncos blunder. However, after listening to the pod and reading Ryan's article, I feel much steadier. Just like everyone, I'm not thrilled, but as long as he's a piece to a larger puzzle, that's fine. At the very least, this keeps us guessing during the offseason. Anyway, on to my question. Do you think Elway's willingness to let Kubiak walk is an indication of a change in mindset? Could it be Elway is willing to step back from the win-now mode and he really wants to set the franchise straight? At first, this deal with Flacco seemed to prove that the next that theory otherwise, but it, could his other offseason moves help us with hope that today was just a step towards the fix? Thanks again for the pod. You guys have really amped up my love for football and the Broncos into an all-out obsession. Love to hear that. I absolutely love that, Black Cat. Thank you so much. One of the behind-the-scenes slogans that we use for BSN is is where it's easy to be a diehard fan. Mm, and I, I love think that. That, f- that feeds into that well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you for joining us on the podcast every day, too. <sighs> Man... I don't know how you could say that he's not a win now guy with this move. This is just so much of a of a win now move. I also think this is like Kubiak's 
final move. <laughs> yeah. For the Broncos. I think before uh, he left, he was talking up Flacco a lot into John's ear. And John kind of fell in love with the idea. And then when he en- went out and got an offensive coordinator who essentially runs the same offense as Kubiak, he was like, well, Koob's wanted him. So why don't we put him in the same offense? What do you think Gary thinks of this? I think he thinks, wow, John still loves me. <laughs> it's a yeah. Valentine's Day miracle. <laughs> you could spin this. If, if, you, if you believed Gary Kubiak was making all of the decisions last year and he deserves 100% of the credit for the draft, you could say Gary Kubiak is still running the Broncos right now with this move. This is Gary Kubiak move all over it. Yeah. All, all so over. So I think it. this was his final gift. And to just the imagine, he would, uh, he would have Joe Flacco be the offensive coordinator here if he was willing to part ways with Rick Dennison. Crazy. <laughs> what a friend. Well, but he'd probably have rather have Kirk Cousins than Joe Flacco. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But it, that, that's what it is. I'll like, say this: yeah. Joe Flacco has won way more big games. <laughs> oh yeah. Than Kirk Cousins. Seven, seven Ten road playoff wins. Seven of them on the road. 10 playoff wins. Yeah. How many playoff wins does John Elway have? I mean, a lot because he made it to so many Super Bowls. But How many playoff wins does Kirk Cousins have? A big fat zero. How many? Yep. How many and does Case Keenum have? Uh, one. One. You know what? Uh, oh, shoot. I lost my train of thought. Joe Flack, when, when you think of that. Oh, Kirk Cousins is something like 5-30 and 30 against teams over 500 or something crazy like that. Wow. Or teams in the playoff hunt or something like that. Wild. Wild. Does not win big games. Joe Flacco has big games all over him. In fact, someone responded to my poll yesterday where, in which I said, you have one, uh, one football game. Your life depends on this game. You get your choice of two quarterbacks, Joe Flacco or Case Keenum. I was really trying to prove a point here. I knew exactly what the poll was going to turn out. 86% of people say Joe Flacco over Case Keenum, which right there shows you he's an upgrade. Someone responded to me. You know what their answer was? And, you know, trying to be snarky. Hmm. Colin Kaepernick. And in my head, I thought, you know that in a do or die, biggest game of all time possible Mm. scenario, (laughs) Joe Flacco beat Colin Kaepernick head to head, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's a good point. Just just wanted that out there. I was like, what? You just. (laughs) You know that. uh, You know what? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Roll Tide Chris says, hi, guys. New username, new subscription, new coaching staff, new quarterback. Away for two months, and it's all happening. I was working through the older podcast until the Flacco news. Just couldn't help myself. Had to jump forward and hear your thoughts. Interesting times ahead. Chris. Thanks for the support, Chris. As always, we really appreciate you. Interesting times indeed. Um, it only gets better on the podcast. Somehow, every offseason, it just keeps getting better and better oh, every yes. week. All right, from Upstate Garbage Plate. He says, hey, Zach and Ryan, I have to say that I'm completely thankful for your positivity about Flacco. Twitter and Reddit have decided that the end times are nigh, <laughs> and now I have to avoid those places for my own mental sanity. Again, we're, we're the safe haven. The worst part I feel about the Flacco trade is that I spent the last two weeks telling my coworkers that there was a 0.0 chance we <laughs> trade for him. At least they're Raiders and Dolphins fans, and I have that to hang over their heads. My question now comes down to the O-line. I hope for your sake, by the way, upstate garbage plate, that the Raiders don't draft Kyler Murray. <laughs> Paradis is looking like he'll command a high market to sign elsewhere, and I feel that we're going to need help on the O-line, either a guard, center, or even right tackle. Who are the best free agents to look at for this? 
Also, to the person from Illinois without Illinois, I can't believe I just said the S, without five guys are in and out. If you're near Chicago or the Champaign uh, area, there's a choice burger joint called Meatheads with a few locations around there. They're like a higher end five guys with a ton of variety and toppings and cheeses. And if you're there, get a Cajun Sunrise, which is a Cajun spice burger with bacon, jalapenos, blue cheese, pepper jack, cheese, and a fried egg. Because a fried egg makes everything taste better. I haven't been out in the Chicago area in a few years, but I miss that burger dearly. Thanks, as always, for the amazing content, guys. Thank you for the amazing comments. You have some big names like Grady Jarrett, Trey Flowers. Uh, those guys those guys are going to cost you a very pretty penny. You have Frank Clark. And remember, these guys not only get a lot of money, but they're going to be able to choose exactly where they want to go. Sheldon Richardson. Uh, so, oh, sorry, that was defensive line. Yep. He wants offensive oh, line. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Unfortunately, just like the draft, where it's defensive heavy, as I was reading all these guys' names, the draft and free agency are very similar. Defensive heavy. So, Trent Brown. Trent Brown would be huge if the Broncos could get him, but that is going to be a high dollar amount. It's going to be very high. Remember how much Nate Solder got last year? Yeah, $15 million? Yeah. And it's going to be that. Mike Munchak, how big is his influence? Can he say, if you give me Trent Brown, we can win with Joe Flacco? We can win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco? And here's here's the thing. Did they hire Mike Munchak to turn garbage into gold? Or did they hire him with the expectation that we'll give you three pieces? If you can make it mold into one good offensive line with two bad pieces or two great pieces and then three average pieces, can you do that? We don't know, and we'll, we're about to see what that plan is. I wonder if Jared Valdir is part of the plan. That's the easy way out at right tackle. And probably fairly affordable. Yeah. So then you go Bowles. Do you think Leary's back? Yeah. He has a he has oh, 5.3 right. of his $8 million guaranteed injury. Now, I don't think it's a 100% guarantee like some other people. Let's say he can't play. Let's say the, the Achilles is, is done and his career is over. Well, then save the $2.5 million. But, yeah, right now I do think he's back. So, Bowles, Leary, McGovern, Turner, Valdir? Yeah. <laughs> if you give me Bowles, Leary, McGovern, Turner, Trent Brown, mm. now I'm feeling pretty good. Mm. Interesting. Also, Sam Jones is in the mix too at at that guard spot. It would probably be probably be Brown at left tackle, Bulls at right. Hasn't he played some right? He has, but are you bringing in a fifteen million dollar left tackle and putting him at right? Uh, probably not. <laughs> and then what? If, what if Garrett Bulls is like a terrible I right tackle and he doesn't translate? Right. He's not a guy who screams all over him like can play any position. So are you bringing in Trent Brown and saying, "Yeah, we're going to make you the highest paid tackle in this class, and we're moving you to right tackle"? Is he going to accept that? And you have to come to the Broncos, you know, a team that's won eleven games in the past two years. No, it would all be up to Mike Munchak saying, "I can one hundred percent make Garrett Bowles a great right tackle." Right. Right. That would be it. Yeah, it's not happening. I trust Mike. It's not happening. I trust him. He's not going to say that because he <laughs> knows it's a lie. And that's why I trust him. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, Upstate Garbage Play has been telling us about some 
darn good food in his early goings as a subscriber. Yeah, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> From Spacebar, Bloof, I don't want to talk about the Joe Flacco fiasco. Flacco fiasco is going to have to. Is that saving that one for a featured headline? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but hopefully you guys are right that it's only part of the plan, not the plan. We're not predicting that. We're just saying that it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so after looking at too many websites and judging fries, here's a quick <laughs> breakdown of what I did. One, the judges have ranked both five guys and in and out a number of rankings that did not contain in and out Only a few did not include five guys. Um, did he say it? Okay, we'll keep going here. Two, the date of judging had to be from January 2017 to present. This gave a larger data pool. Three, I did not limit who the judges had to be. Some of you were your common rank this article writing. Some were food critics. Some were bloggers. This is some serious research Space Bar did. He did research. Here's what I found in a nutshell. 12 of 15 websites have five guys topping in and out. And we're only talking about fries here? Um, yeah, judging fries. Okay, okay. Nine of 15 websites had five guys in the top five. One of 15 had in and out in the top five, and that website should be banned from the internet. <laughs> One in 15 websites had five guys at 17 out of 20 fries tested. The only outlier where five guys was ranked so low. Results, five guys fries are your winner. Yep, I agree. I would definitely agree with that. And speaking of fries, Ryan, if you go to Shake Shack, have you ever got their cheesy fries? I have. I just there. Oh, you don't like it? It's not that I don't like it. It's good. Their fries just. I'm pretty sure they're just like the Orita fries that you can mm. get at the, the store and freeze. But it's not the Shake Shack. Yeah. It's not the fries that I like. It's the cheese. It's cheese. Yeah. yeah. Well, you put enough melted cheese <laughs> on anything, and it's gonna taste very good. It, right. Um. This should not be a debate. I don't. I've never found anyone who said they liked In and Out's fries. I've seen people say, "Oh, they're passable if you get them animal style," and, "Oh yeah, well, I just get them." No one's ever said In and Out fries are good, except for this idiot who put them in the top five. <laughs> they're not. They aren't good. They don't even taste like fries. They taste like little. They're like hollow, crunchy cardboard. I'm going to get them light well done next time I go Lightly in. well done. <laughs> I feel like I'm so afraid I'm going to say that, and the person at the front is going to be like, what are you talking about? Um, from Minnesota, Paul, no question today, but I thought I'd share this. The story on the news around here last night was how much disrespect the Broncos are throwing Case Keenum by trading for, for Joe Flacco. Remember, this is coming from a guy in Minnesota where Keenum was legit. He said, I actually LOL'd when I saw the story. So much irony. Maybe Minnesota fans are just trying to clear their conscience from the ultimate disrespect they sent Case after riding him to the NFC Championship game and booting him out the door afterwards. <laughs> yeah, for, for real. For a guy who didn't even get them to the playoffs. Yeah, for real. Minnesota, man, that's got to be a rough place in terms of kick, getting rid of Case Keenum, and they were slightly validated in that, but then paying the highest, the biggest contract in NFL history to a guy who couldn't even get you to the playoffs. And can't win big games. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Next one coming in from Chilongo Bronco. He says, hi, guys. Just want to share my experience on your last thoughts on the revenge factor, getting Flacco motivated. And you said 
that this was a big motivation for Peyton going against the Colts. I was lucky enough to be in that game in 2013 in Lucas Oil Stadium, the first time Peyton went back to Indianapolis, and I didn't see any hate or bad blood at all. The Colts made a 10-minute video before the game of Peyton's highlights with the Colts and a big thank you on the screen and a standing ovation from the stadium. Then he went on to the center of the field, removed his helmet, and thanked the Colts fans. There was no bad blood at all. I didn't see any revenge by him. Just a thought. P.S. The Broncos lost that game. Yeah, that was a rough one. I thought they played on Peyton's emotions purposely uh, to try and get him off his game, and I think it worked. I think Peyton played pretty bad in that game because he wanted to beat them so bad, more than, like, too much. Um, here's my question to you yeah. about bad blood between Peyton and the Colts. When was the last time you saw Peyton Manning wearing Colts gear? Doesn't live there anymore. When was the last time you saw Peyton Manning at a Colts game? Mm-mm. When was the last time you heard Peyton Manning as much as talk about the Colts? The, what, he goes back there once a year? For what? He goes to a game, or or he did a press conference there with it when they unveiled his. Didn't they put a oh, statue yeah, of him? Yeah. So he's been there. He's been there a few times. Peyton Manning is not a fan of the Colts organization anymore. He loves the fans. He loves the city. Of course he does. He still has a house in the city. Um, he has nothing against them, but he's not a fan of Jim Irsay. No, no. And so he's the like one of the classiest dudes ever out front of the cameras because that's the, the the type of guy he's proved himself to be. And again, at that game, I think it was for him more about the fans than it was about the organization. So I think right. there is bad blood between Peyton Manning and the Colts. Not between Peyton Manning and the Colts fan base, though. Yeah, I completely agree. Bronco Duck says, I never thought I'd be in a position to defend Flacco, but I don't think some of the listeners are giving him enough credit. Are his best days behind him? Absolutely. But I think it's a strong upgrade from what we had last year. As you guys said on the podcast previously, this will now allow Elway and company the opportunity to draft a quarterback at 10 or fill another need. Our team does have a few. I've I like this move in the short term. I still have no question we'll draft a QB this year. There does seem to be a plan. We just can't see it. I'm even more excited for the draft now. I hope you're right, man. See, this is what this is why I'm scared for draft day. Like he says I have no question we'll draft a quarterback. So then when they don't do it, there's gonna be lots of people like Bronco Duck who are just in up in arms. I have so many questions on if they're going to draft a quarterback. I want them to. I've laid out my uh, I've clearly laid out my reasons of why and I'm going to continue to do that. We wanted them to last year. Exactly, but I'm still so uncertain. Oh yeah, me too. All right, from Bergea, going to have to give us a uh um Oh, it's okay. Well, I'm going to deduct this because he signs off as Andrew Burge. So I think it's Burge A09. Thank you for calming me down each week when I hear about the moves the Broncos make. You guys do such a great job breaking everything down. It calms me, and that's why I subscribed for the year. Thanks, Andrew Burge from Iowa. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for jumping on board with us. Looks like another one from Sutton. I just want to say, Iowa, thank you to Andrew. Oh, there you go. Beautiful. Sutton 14 Thomas 87 comes in and says, by trading a fourth round for Flacco, did, oh, the Bron- did the Broncos effectively just extend Case Keenum and restructure his deal? The only guaranteed cap hit is this year with no guaranteed money over the following two seasons. If you evaluate by production metrics, that's just what happened yesterday. Um, 
Essentially, they extended Case Keenum and extended his deal, except they got a better quarterback on a more team-friendly deal. Right. Exactly. Again, it makes it. It was such a no-brainer. Yeah. Very easy move to make. And what people aren't considering is that the Broncos are disgusted with Case Keenum because they paid him a ton of money. Well, relatively, not relatively, I should say, but they did pay him a lot of money, and he was garbage. John Elway was not happy with Case Keenum. Very unhappy with Case Keenum, actually. And he did not want him on the team. Just the same way with Trevor Simeon, honestly. The Broncos were over Trevor Simeon. And they said, get him out of here. He sucks. Yep. So, and, the, and because of that, they passed up on the, uh, a better backup than they would have had this year at, at, a, at a similar price. It was just over with Case Keenum. They needed to get a similar – they needed a veteran quarterback – and they needed to get Case Keenum out the doors. Yeah. And that, that's going to happen. Like, for so many reasons, he's not going to be on the team. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's just not there. No. He's gone. Yeah. They're already trying to trade him. Yeah. In and a if, time where they can't trade him. <laughs> right. All right, last one here. We got a couple extra. Thanks for noticing that. Since the Broncos... This is from Killer Tofu 17 Since the Broncos have already started the offseason moves by acquiring Flacco, I'm going to attempt to break down my dream yet fairly realistic offseason. This may be something more for the draft podcast, guys, but wondering what everyone thinks. Um, Rework the contracts of these guys. Emmanuel Sanders. Coming off the injury, I think he'd be willing to rework his deal, maybe similarly to Devon next year where he lowers his cap by moving money to signing bonus. Ron Leary, similar. He is needed, but his cap hit isn't worth the production. Hopefully we can work something out. Derek Wolf, extend him so that he retires a Bronco, but lowers cap hit in the process. Okay. Cut or trade. Case Keenum, cut or trade. Cut or trade. Brandon Marshall, re-sign Matt Paradis. Can't let this guy go, in my opinion. Keeping him lets us keep him a governor guard. And then sign these guys in free agency. Right tackle, Juwan James or Daryl Williams. Let Valdir go and sign a younger replacement that can help solidify tackles, the tackle spot for the next five years. Inside linebacker. C.J. Mosley or Quan Alexander. Either could be the stud inside linebacker that Fangio always wants. Mosley is less likely, and the third option could be Jordan Hicks. Cornerback, Jason Verrett or Kareem Jackson. The first would be significantly more expensive than the second, so I'd prefer Jackson. He played great this last year. Now we're into the draft. At 10, draft Drew Locke. Let him learn under Flacco. And honestly, we're not going to go into the rest of this. That could go for the draft podcast because no one is going to know who any of these guys are. <laughs> Except for your very last pick, which is safety Evan Worthington out of Colorado. Mm, there you go. I'm sure you're a fan of that, Ryan. Certainly am. Oh, also Terry McLaurin at wide receiver in the fourth round. That's about four rounds too late for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it did say it's uh, a dream scenario. And Killer Tofu, I-, I love this plan. I think you put a lot of time into it. And... It is, to me, it's a little bit more of a dream scenario, asking multiple guys to take pay cuts, uh, re-signing Paradis, who's a big deal, getting a right tackle in free agency, signing one of the best defensive players in free agency, also adding a cornerback. That's going to cost you a lot of quiche. And here's the thing is, I'm working on a story, which will be out in the next few weeks before free agency starts, that shows just how much money the Broncos can unlock. And Ryan, you said it's it's up to about $70 million. Could be even be a little bit more than that if the Broncos really make moves. But what people have to understand is when you do that, and let's say they do all those moves and they have $70 million to work with, they also have to replace a lot of things that they just lost. Even if it is an average Derek Wolf that they're replacing, 
Now, instead of just, you know, using Derek Wolf's money and Emmanuel Sanders' money to go get Antonio Brown, and you also add Ron Leary's money on that to get Antonio Brown, now you, you pay that for Antonio Brown, but now you got to go get uh, a B or C receiver, a B or C defensive lineman, and a B or C uh, guard to replace him, too. And, you know, that's $5 million a pop each. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking of these dream scenarios. But uh, I really like where your head's at. I think the offensive line is better in your scenario. Uh, the defense is much better in your scenario, and you get some good depth at good, at good places in the draft. Is Emmanuel Sanders going to take a pay cut? <laughs> No. Uh, Ron Leary is guaranteed $5 million this year. Would he have any reason to lower that dollar amount? No way. So here's what, here's the point I'm going to make is the only way you're getting these guys to lower their cap hit this year is to extend them, and that includes Leary and Emmanuel Sanders. Yep, exactly. Guys aren't just giving up money for no reason. And do you want to extend two guys coming off Achilles injuries? And give them all the guaranteed money? They can't even extend their own foot. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Honestly, though, you're only... There is no chance in hell that Emmanuel Sanders is just giving up money. No. Because he can't rework... There's no more years on his deal. This is his last year. So it's not like you can say, oh, we're going to give you a signing bonus and push it back. No, it's... It's extend him or pay him what he's owed. Also, what in the world were they doing having Vaughn move money around last year? They opened it up and literally signed no one else after they did that. It was bizarre. But, I mean, it didn't really hurt him in the end. Well, they carried it over. Exactly. It carries over to this year. Now he's got a $25 million cap hit this year, and it only gets bigger in the years to come. There might be something ugly that eventually happens. Mm. Hope not. I hope not. All right, I'm gonna see if there if there are any more last second commenters. Does not appear so. So that is going to wrap it up for us today. We only talked about it once, so I'm gonna throw it in one more time here. Promo code Broncos, annual subscription, twenty nine ninety nine for the whole year. Get all of our coverage. You heard all of the people today who have joined and already like what they're seeing. Uh, you will not be disappointed. You will never feel ripped off. Uh, you will get your money's worth, and you'll support us. And when we win, we are going to win, especially with your help person who is listening to this and is thinking about subscribing (laughs) and then you're going to get a free t-shirt on top of it which is literally the cost of the subscription so it's like you never even had to pay for it. they're the best too and i'm once again wearing one i'm wearing one too (laughs) all right so thank you guys for tuning in thank you for subscribing using that promo code broncos and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the bsn broncos podcast
Hyperelectric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.